The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the twelve, Fear no one. Nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you have, what you hear whispered, proclaim on the rooftops. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Even all the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly Father. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Do not worry. Do not fear. Don't worry about what you ought to wear or what you ought to eat. Don't even worry about your own life. So my question is, is who is the poster boy of worry and anxiety? If anyone has a right to be anxious, if anybody has a right to worry about what they are to wear or about what they're going to eat or about their very life, would have to be the man who fell to robbers in the story of the Good Samaritan. So here's, the, uh, so here's this guy walking to Jericho, and on the way, robbers jump him, strip him of all his clothes, beat him up, leave him for half dead. Certainly he should be worried about his own life in that situation. Uh, he certainly could use some clothes, because he has none on, and he could use things like uh, oil and and wine to, you know, mend his uh, wounds. Luckily, on that same day, there's a priest and a Levite walking down the same road. You go, oh, good, (laughs) they'll get some help there. But they don't help, they just walk right by. So you say to yourself, well, gee, if a priest and a Levite are supposed to be good guys, supposed to help the guy, and they don't, then, then, then he really has something to worry about. And you think, well, if not to worry and not to be afraid... Maybe God will get out of his throne and come down to heaven to help the guy. But God doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to leave heaven. And the reason why is because God has working partners. So the Samaritan walks by and and he's a working partner. So what exactly is a working partner? A working partner is somebody that does exactly what God would do if God were here right now. A working partner has God's heart, God's compassion, God's slow to anger and rich in kindness. God has working partners. That's why people don't have to worry. Jesus was on his way to Jericho, and on the way, he's, just before he got into the city, there was a blind man. 
So Jesus saw the blind man, and he cured his blindness, and he could see it, and the man could see again. So I'm really happy that uh, Jesus did something really nice, and the, and the man can see now. This is very exciting. But he has the problem. What's the guy going to do for a living? He can't beg anymore, and that's how he got his money. So now what's he going to do? He probably doesn't have a skill. He probably doesn't have any education. Now what's he supposed to do? Should Jesus maybe perhaps just stay there and make sure that the guy is taken care of and the next day? Yeah, he has, he, has, he has sight now, but now he doesn't have any money. No, Jesus doesn't have to stay. He can continue to go on to Jerusalem to save the world. And why? Because he has a working partner. And the very next scene, he... he he is introduced to a man who is a, uh, who's a very, very rich man who is a chief of the tax collectors. So Jesus invites himself to dinner at the guy's house, and the rich tax collector says to Jesus, I will give up half my wealth to the poor. Working partner. Now Jesus can continue to go on to Jerusalem because he has a partner that will take care of the poor in that area. Because working partners are those that have the same heart that God has, the same compassion. We'll do the same things that God would do if God were here. Let me tell you about the best fishing day of my life. <laughs> so Dad and I we were, went to this pond, and there was a hatch. Every 20 years in a fly fisherman's life, he encounters a hatch. For some reason or another, all the bugs in the bottom of the lake or on the pond decide at the same time to rise up, to float to the top of the surface, pop their wings out, and fly away. And the, the fish the, the, in that situation go into a feeding frenzy. Fish they haven't eaten all winter, they're starving. So, you, so you, it's, it's this paradise for a fly fisherman. You just put your fly out there, you instantly have a fish. So there I am, basking in my glory. I just released a fish, and I look over to my father to see what he has, and he's walking to the, to the truck. I go, where the heck is he going? So I go up to the truck, and he took off his waders, and I, he says to me, Peter, your mother is fed at 5 o'clock. I want to make sure that I'm there so I can keep her company and help her out if she needs it. Now you get back fishing. The best day of my fishing life. I remember standing there in the parking lot watching the truck drive away, and I heard God talk to me. God said, Peter, Peter. I had a request in a nursing home today from an unsung hero that brought up five boys. And she requested to have a visit, to have a little company. So I am getting my best working partner to take care of that request. I get it. See, this is the reason why people out there don't ever have to worry about what they are to wear, what they are to eat, about their very lives. The reason why, because God has working partners, us, that share God's heart, that do the things that God would do if he were here.